Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, Hebrews 13.3 says, Remember those who are in prison as if you were their fellow prisoners, and those who are ill-treated as if you yourselves were suffering. What does this mean for us who live in freedom outside of prison walls? The word prison sends shivers down one's back. For many of us, the thought of being a prisoner or even visiting a prison is immediately pushed to the back of our minds. Living in freedom often negates one's ability to comprehend how horrible conditions are in prisons in countries where Christians are persecuted for their faith. Paul, have you ever been a prisoner? I've spent hours in a simulated cell for open doors at mission fests, but that doesn't really answer your question, so my answer is no. Neither have I, but both of us have visited people in prison in Canada and other countries. And we have visited in homes of many Christian brothers who have spent time in prison. One of my most memorable visits with an ex-prisoner was meeting Reverend Dr. Lorenzo Vigia in Cuba. He spent five years in Castro's prison system in the 1960s just because he was a Christian pastor. Perhaps my most memorable visits included meeting Pastor Alan Yuan in China and Pastor Okok Ajulu in Ethiopia. But I can hear a listener, especially one listening inside a prison, saying, by what authority do you guys talk about prison or the principles of how God uses imprisonment to enlarge his kingdom? True, we have not been sentenced to prison for our faith, but we can convey to our listeners the integrity of scripture stories and modern examples. A few years back, you and I wrote a booklet called Prison Power, How God Uses Imprisonment to Enlarge His Kingdom. The title alone sounds presumptive. How can we possibly say prison enlarges God's kingdom? But it does. The enemy of our soul wants to eradicate the name of Jesus Christ, and he has thought throughout history that by imprisoning God's followers, he would stop the spread of the gospel. He put Joseph in prison, and Jeremiah, and Daniel, and John the Baptist, Peter, and John, and Paul and Silas. In each case, the plan backfired against Satan. Satan planned it for evil. God used it for good, to the saving of many souls. Paul, let's make the PDF of our booklet called Prison Power available to anyone who writes to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com and asks for the book. Good idea, Jim. That email address again to request the Prison Power booklet is menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Let's share some biblical principles we'll call positive principles learned from a prison experience. First prisoner in the book of Genesis was Joseph. Kidnapped, sold into slavery, imprisoned on false charges of rape, given grace by God to interpret dreams, brought to the palace to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, made the number two ruler in all of Egypt, and eventually saved not only all the Egyptians, but his own family and father from starvation. Wow, what a story. Here's principle one. What man intends for evil, prison, to hinder the advancement of God's kingdom, God uses for good to advance his kingdom. 
There's a great story in Prison Power of Pastor Ha in Vietnam, whose church in Saigon, now called Ho Chi Minh City, reached some 5,000 worshipers before the government closed it in 1983. Pastor Ha spent six years and 23 days in prison in horrible conditions. But during this time, he led 96 prisoners and guards to faith in Jesus Christ. Once released, he immigrated with his family to the USA, where he awaits the opportunity to return. Another Vietnamese pastor discovered after three years of imprisonment, his growing network of house churches had 20,203 converts in the first year of his release. The next prisoner in scripture is Jeremiah. In fact, scripture records three times Jeremiah spent time in prison. While in prison the first time, Jeremiah had a special encounter with the Lord who taught him new truths about God himself. So principle number two is that moments of confinement have proven to be times of special visitation and revelation by God beyond the norm. The second time Jeremiah was imprisoned for speaking what the Lord told him to speak, and the third time he told the army of Israel that the Lord said, Whoever stays in Jerusalem will die, but whoever goes over to the Babylonians will live. Can you imagine telling Israeli soldiers to surrender? Principle 3 states, though, prophets who declare the word of the Lord are subject to attacks by individuals and authorities, including religious individuals and authorities, hostile to both the prophet and the word of God. Stories of Medidibaj in Iran Ivan Moiseev in Russia and Mrs. Chen in China, known as Mama Kuang, are but a few of the amazing stories of God's blessing through his servants being in prison. You are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham, and today he is sharing principles from our booklet, Prison Power. At the end of the program, I'll share how you can get a free copy. In 2 Chronicles 16.10, a story is told of King Asa of Judah disobeying God and making a pact with a foreign king, Ben-Hadad, to attack the towns of Israel. Hananiah, the prophet, spoke the word of God to King Asa, who got very angry and put him in prison. Principle 4 tells us, Being bold and speaking the truth in love may not always reap immediate positive results and may cause unjust imprisonment. In the first decade of communist rule in China, pastors were required to join the government's three-self-patriotic movement. Pastor Wang Mingdao, whose name means witness to the truth, spoke out strongly against joining the government body and was arrested and imprisoned. It's a long story, but it resulted in a total of 23 years in a prison cell. His response was, I have been through 23 years of refining, and the Lord has not allowed me to suffer loss through it all, but rather to receive an even greater blessing. Principle 5 is closely related. Speaking only what the Lord, the Bible says, may mean persecution and imprisonment, but God's truth ultimately prevails. Micaiah spoke against King Ahab's plans and said, As surely as the Lord lives, I can tell only what the Lord tells me. 1 Kings 22.4 Ahab had Micaiah put in prison, went to battle disguised as one of the men, yet a random shot by one of the Syrian archers struck and killed King Ahab, fulfilling the words of the prophet. The next principle comes from Daniel's imprisonment in Daniel chapter 6. 
The 120 leaders appointed to rule the kingdom of King Darius were jealous of Daniel's rapid rise above them in power, so they set a trap to catch Daniel praying contrary to the new law they had King Darius pass, ending with Daniel spending a night unscathed in the den of hungry lions. The Lord delivered Daniel, and King Darius decreed that everyone was to worship the God of Daniel. Principle 6 states, An unjust incarceration can bring a disproportionate amount of attention by the same authorities. These same authorities soon realize they are not arresting criminals, but fighting against God himself. Now we move to the New Testament and John the Baptist's imprisonment. Herod Antipas the Tetrarch, one of several sons of Herod the Great, arrested John the Baptist and placed him in prison. Why? John had rebuked Herod for taking his brother's wife contrary to Mosaic law. John had spoken directly to Herod, chastising him on a personal moral issue, but in doing so, he incurred the wrath of Herodias, his brother's wife. She arranged for John to be beheaded in prison. So principle seven is also a warning. To confront an authority on a matter of personal morality means one must be prepared to pay the price for the confrontation, even one's life. Kwanjin Pak was called the Elijah of Korea. He died as a martyr for his faith in Christ in his opposition to the abusive Japanese colonial rule from 1910 to the end of the Second World War. He went to Japan in 1939 and threw leaflets from the balcony of the government meetings, exposing cruel abuses of Korean Christians by the Japanese, and warned of God's imminent judgment of Japan. Like John the Baptist, he was arrested and martyred. His last words were, Since Jesus died for me, I will die for Jesus. Principle 8 and 9 come from the imprisonment of the apostles Peter and John. Number eight says persecution, including imprisonment, often increases rather than diminishes one's boldness, which in turn multiplies the number of new believers being added to the church. And principle nine states, being arrested for one's faith tends to increase prayer support by those who remain free for the one arrested and for the kingdom of God. Iranian Christian leader Mehdi Dibaj spent over nine years in prison for his faith. Prayer was offered up all over the world on his behalf. Suddenly, on January 16, 1995, the Tehran government released Mehdi Dibaj from prison and denied it had sentenced him to death for converting from Islam to Christianity. That had happened over 40 years earlier. It was a great day of rejoicing for the believers in Iran. Even Time magazine reported the release under the title, Answered Prayer. But six months later, Mehdi Dibaj was martyred by vigilantes. He indeed served his Lord well. The next three principles come from the Apostle Paul's many imprisonments. Principle 10 says, God, in his holy sovereignty, may use a prison experience to encourage his servants, glorify himself, and advance his kingdom beyond our expectations. In Acts 16, we read Paul and Silas in Philippi were stripped and beaten, severely flogged, thrown into prison, put in the inner cell, and fastened their feet in the stocks. Picture this scenario. By faith, you are doing what God has led you to do, and you end up in prison. How can this be? The story continues with an earthquake, their release from prison, and a new church established in Philippi, the beginning of the advance of Christianity across Europe. Praise God. 
Principle 11 adds, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12.9 Paul was the persecuted of the persecuted. Listen to his words in 2 Corinthians 11.23-25. I know I sound like a madman, but I have served him far more. I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number, and faced death again and again. Five times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. This brings us to principle 12, which says being in prison can advance the gospel by making the entire church more courageous and fearless. Christ will be exalted in my body, Paul says, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. There you have it, men. Prison power, how God uses imprisonment to enlarge his kingdom. The stories are powerful. Contact Dr. Jim for your PDF copy of Prison Power at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. And until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become Men Alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.